Hello and welcome to the Wish You New podcast. I'm your host, Karen Bortfett. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. Today, as some of you may know, is National Coming Out Day. It's a day that is celebrated by the LGBTQI community as a day when people who hold a sexuality on that spectrum can share that with the world. The holiday has been around since 1988, and it was started with the idea that intolerance exists because of silence. And so the idea that people, if they share their sexuality, it sort of brings it out of the shadows and that increases awareness and tolerance in the world. So that's my summary of the event. Today we have a good friend of mine on the show. His name is James and he identifies as a gay man and he will be sharing a little bit with us about his coming out experience and some of the experiences he has had as a gay man. James, thank you so much for being with us today on the Wish You New podcast. We are very excited to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. So as I mentioned today, we're talking about what it's like to be gay in honor of Coming Out Day, which is today. We are very excited to have your insights into that. If you've listened to the show before, you know that I have a list of questions for you, some of which are questions I came up with and others are from listeners or are questions that have come up when talking with listeners. So we'll just go through those questions to learn more about your story and your experience. Sounds good. Let's go back to the beginning. That seems like a great place to start anything. At what age did you realize you were gay and what was that experience like for you? It's kind of more of a linear path as as you come to realize more and more over life at the place where I am now retrospectively uh, I would say eight years old there were instances of looking back and seeing myself in certain situations and being more attracted to men and the male figure than than to females but I would say more Consciously of realizing that I was gay was starting at puberty and growing from there and then really fully recognizing my sexuality for myself at the end of high school and beginning of college. What was the coming out process like for you? Sort of realizing and acknowledging that to sharing that with others. Yeah, I mean, it was really tough because I grew up in Southern Ohio and I a very conservative area and a very conservative school. So I definitely had to hide attractions. I had a couple of girlfriends in high school who are still two of my best friends today, which is beautiful. Every time that I would have a homosexual experience at that time in middle school and high school, I would end up crying the next day or crying afterwards, praying, praying, God, I can't be gay, I can't be gay, this can't happen. And then also making a commitment to myself personally that to prove that I'm not gay, I would lose my virginity to a woman. And and that would end all all notion that, that I, was, I was a homosexual. But when I got to Marquette, I ended up starting off Marquette knowing uh, knowing nobody. I was the first person even to apply to Marquette from my high school. 
And we went on this Christian leadership retreat uh, before orientation, orientation freshman year started. And I met some really, really awesome people there and really awesome Catholics there and people my age who were Catholic, which I had never really experienced before because I went to a Protestant, a evangelical Christian Protestant high school. Through that refinding for myself of my Catholic identity and spirituality, I started going to Mass every single day. Through prayer, it led me to a place of peace and a, a place of, of wholeness and truth within my own life. And this sexual uh, orientation and sexual identity wasn't concurrent with being and trying to pass it off as nothing, as a as I'm 100% a straight man, blah, 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 wasn't concurrent with this peace that I was finding in the rest of my life. So I wanted to make peace with my own self was the main reason for coming out of the closet and be wholly authentic with my own self and with my own identity moving forward. You mentioned as a child or as a teenager struggling when you had, I think you said, a homosexual experience. Did you talk to anybody about that at the time, or was it just something that you kept to yourself? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, something I completely kept to myself. It, I mean, it was something shameful. Uh, it was something that was completely anti the entire society around me. I didn't have a outlet of anybody, it seemed, to really be comfortable enough in this aspect to talk about my own self. That being said, I also was an out liberal at my high school because of my own struggles and my own what's happening in the background of my life in the foreground. Uh, I was still a big voice of dissension against uh, this conser conservative society I was growing up around and surrounded by, and also a challenger to all these perceptions, not only about sexuality, but about the war in Iraq, about Christian servant leadership and and being in solidarity with the poor um, and and actually doing service rather than charity so it was it was all all these politics and moralities and spirituality were were very very mixed into and mixed and molded together who was the first person you told verbally or verbally expressed i am gay too one of my best friends from high school in freshman year of college when i was home for for Thanksgiving and we were we were just hanging out yeah so I told him so that would have been November and then at Marquette the second person was that would have been February of, of freshman year. I think with any group that is outside of the majority shall we say there's often a confusion as to what language should you use do you say gay do you say homosexual do you say LGBTQ what can you Talk to me a little bit about vocabulary. Yeah, and vocabulary is very important. Let's start with homosexual. Homosexual is, to me, it's very scientific and biological. And I find it to be used in a, in a study uh, and into, in academic journals where I don't 
I want to be known as my individual person. I'd rather not be brushed off, seemingly brushed off as somebody to study. <laughs> so homosexual persons, people with same-sex attraction, those are very clinical in a way. I'm, I'm a gay man, and from the best of my knowledge and my experiences, a lesbian woman, transgender individual, a bisexual person, those terms specifically are most accepted by by the LGBTQ community. Another thing uh, about it is what is the acronym? You could, in day-to-day dialogue, if you really wanted to, say LGBTQIA over and over and over again. But that's a tongue twister, and, and that's really difficult. So if you're just speaking and you're talking about the LGBT community or LGBTQIA, LGBTQ community, that, that's fine. But if you are writing in writing and you want to be inclusive as possible, you can write LGBTQ, you can write LGBTQ plus. The plus sign stands for additional letters within the acronym or LGBTQIA. L for lesbian, G, G for gay, B for bisexual, T for transgender, Q for queer and or questioning, I for intersex peoples, and A for allies, because everybody likes an ally. I think most of those are probably understood. Intersex is the one that might not be as commonly discussed. Can you explain what that is? So intersex individuals, again, it's similar to using homosexual as opposed to gay or as gay as opposed to homosexual. Intersex people are people who were born with male and female genitalia. In the science community, in biological terms, you can say hermaphroditic. The intersex community has accepted that term for themselves. What they're calling for is the individual be able to choose their own life path without a doctor and or their parents making the decision at birth for them. Because doctors and parents would see actually a individual has more masculine genitalia than feminine genitalia or vice versa. And they would make the decision based on that to do a gender correction surgery on the infant. So what the intersex community is calling for is stopping that gender correction surgery because it can lead to, and it has led to, what if the doctor and parents chose wrong and then the wrong gender and rather have that child and that individual decide for themselves how they will, how they want to live their own life. As an intersex person, if they wanted a gender surgery later on in life, that is now their full decision to make. Germany in 2013, I believe, it wasn't too, too long ago, has now put on their birth certificates the option of third sex to include this population. On a birth certificate, it doesn't only say the box is male and female. The parents can choose if they would like to raise their child third sex. 
So for all of those listening, you've probably also noticed as I have, James, you have a lot of very specific knowledge. Do you work in this field or why is it that you have such a deep understanding of these issues? I work in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, and I now am a anti-human trafficking researcher and analyst and project consultant. But before, I was working a lot with the LGBT community and specifically more with transgendered sex workers here in Phnom Penh. Through that work, and I've always been associated with a Catholic organization. So through that work, I also learned that there's a lot of education and a lot of hurt between the two communities that needed to be rectified. So I started hosting dialogues between the LGBT community and the Christian communities in Phnom Penh. And then also just doing general education at university classes, at NGOs, hosting workshops so that people hopefully can walk away with a better understanding of who is this community, what are some of the issues that they face here in Cambodia, internationally, and critically think how can we all as human beings together be with each other and and more knowledgeable uh, against each other or separate. When you're working with religious groups, I know there are many times I've heard Bible verses or different things quoted as reasons why being gay is wrong or unnatural or a decision that has been impacted by the devil, society, or I don't know what. You've heard many of these various things as well, I'm sure. What is your response to that? Or how do you work within that paradigm and with people who were brought up with that belief? How do you start to have someone understand a perspective when they're holding something out like the Bible or years and years of dogma and tradition? I think this is why one of the main reasons why the LGBTQ community is so hurt by the Christian community. And I'm going to specifically talk about the Christian community because that's my experience mainly. Within the Christian community, when they throw a Romans Bible verse, a Leviticus at somebody or at a group of people, they're just pigeonholing this individual. They're not seeing beyond words on a page. They're not seeing the light within that individual as well. So what I've been calling for in these dialogues, we have a list of definition, we have a list of rules before that is established before these dialogues take place and right at the beginning of these dialogues, is that we're not going to talk about those Bible verses calling homosexuality a sin. We're not going to have that conversation because we're beyond that conversation. If we have that conversation, that's really what starts all these emotions are popping up everywhere on both sides and people get very, very combative. But rather, let's ask the question for ourselves and to ourselves and to one another, how can we be together better rather than apart? How can my experience help you and your experience help me? And we walk with each other with our own individual experience, with our own individual context, but we are together. I think that's what the Christian and LGBTQ community is is being wholly caught up on, is seeing the sinner in both parties. 
But there's that Bible verse that says along the lines of who are you to pick the speck out of somebody else's eye when you have a log sticking out of your own. And then also Jesus says no sin is greater than the other. So let's not focus on sin anymore because that's when you focus on sin, that's a that's focusing on darkness. And I think that's what's, what is evil, and that's what Satan likes, is when people focus on darkness, when people focus on the, the dividing factors between each other, and it causes chaos, and it causes corruption of the heart. Rather, if we can see beyond a question of, is it a sin or not, and we can just be, period. We can just be be together and be one in this movement through life in this journey in this adventure and sojourning along the lines of religion you are catholic in my experience i've known many people who've left the catholic church because of the catholic church's stances on homosexuality and some of the things that have been said in the past the new pope seems to be working to change that with a more open perspective how do you stay Catholic or why do you stay when statements are being made that directly go against or are a judgment on a major aspect of your identity? I get this question a lot and I still come back to this amazing experience growing up where I was in Italy for New Year's Mass with a school group. I was one of two Catholics in this school group. I mean, the Mass obviously was all in Italian, but my friend Aaron and I were able to follow along and know exactly where we were in the Mass and what was being said and what was being done with these thousand other people who were attending math. It was just so profound to me that there is this foundational link that transcends cultures and transcends language barriers. Spirituality is higher than our own individual experience. It is a connector between all of us globally. And however that's celebrated, be joyful of the fact that it is celebrated. If that spirituality is seeking to harm, then I don't necessarily believe that that is, that's not healthy and that's not God's goodness and God's love. If the spirituality is to connect people, make people grow outside of themselves, then celebrate that fact. And so I see it, I, I, I can see that a lot in the Catholic Church throughout the years, past experiences that I have been through. Yes, there is dogma within the church, but that spirituality or those those aspects of the Catholic Church, how do I put it, aren't necessarily my truths. And also, I see that the Catholic Church is man-made, so it can be fallible. So it's not to put me above the Catholic Church and say, oh, I, I know better than the church itself. No, it is to humbly refrain from aspects within the church that I know to be harmful, but to also celebrate aspects within the church that are amazing to individuals throughout the world. And I think that's the common denominator. Are there experiences that you have had within the church that have helped to reinforce this understanding for you? And sort of the other side of the coin, are there experiences within the church that have made you question your decision to stay because of the way you had been treated based on your gay identity? 
Yes, I've been very discriminated against from people representing the Catholic Church. And it was extremely trying and reconciliation took a long time. But I would rather be within the church and be a movement and shaker within the church than be outside of the church trying to talk back into the door because then I would just be an, another outside cr critic. I'd rather be within the church and celebrate within the church and let's move together with our diversity and grow together and how, how can we be diverse and yet have common value and common, common ground. I have seen, obviously, if I've only experienced negative experiences in the church that I would, I would still be proud to, to say that I am a Catholic. I mean, it was prayer that led me to a, such a place of peace and solidarity within my own self that led me to, to come out and really embrace my own individualism and own experience outside of myself. And then seeing leaders within the church celebrate equality and respect and dignity for all persons over dogma. That's what I've seen. That's what I've experienced. And, and that's what keeps me so alive. We hear all the time about the religious right shutting down movements, shutting down speakers, uh, canceling events, throwing all this hate speech around and, and being very, very angry at people within their own church, at other Catholics, it's very sad. It's very disheartening. But there are a couple of things to remember. The extreme is always the loudest on all ends of the spectrum. The, the extreme are, are the minority, but they also are the, the loudest. And then we are the Catholic Church. Catholic means universal. We are here as a body of a billion throughout this world, individuals. So, of course, everybody's experience would be different, and there would be an amazing, inconceivable spectrum, wide, wide spectrum of, of beliefs, ideologies, spiritualities. But let's, again, hold together uh, and celebrate that diversity and that all those journeys with one common ground of the church and holding above all else the respect we have for sharing in the body and blood rather than our own bias. The church is one institution within your life. You mentioned your school being very conservative. You mentioned Bar Marquette being helpful in that aspect. But then family is a huge aspect of your life. Your family and friends and roots, were they supportive when you first started openly identifying as gay? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, it's a, it is a journey. It is a learning curve. It is something that we all have to, again, navigate together. Families like to ostracize a person. Or there are stories that families ostracize their LGBT son or daughter and that's just sad because how are we supposed to learn and grow uh, as a human race if we are only caught up in our absolute microcosm of, of experience 
and understanding. But relationships are a two-way street, and respect goes both ways. So yes, respect their journey to know you better. And I'm talking about family and family and friends. Respect their journey to know you and understand you. They may be coming from a place of unacceptance or misjudgment. It is hurtful. It is hard a lot of times. And it is hard for both sides. Open communication, being respectful in their knowledge and their trying to understand and them being respectful towards you is the most important. And if you're going to grow together. Now, that's not to say some relationships aren't the most healthy and you should always always keep on trying no sometimes cutting off is necessary for both parties because it can get emotionally and or physically harmful and that that's when we need to take a step back and as individual and human beings and reflect what is family family is not necessarily the biological definition in my family i have i have many families yes i have my biological family but i have a family of friends that are absolutely beautiful i have a and surrounding myself with friends uh who make me a better person and who I can go to with full honesty, authenticity, and trust. That's that's beautiful. And that's what people really should seek and find and, and be at peace with. There is always a community out there of love and respect uh, and, again, authenticity that, that will welcome any individual with open arms. But I don't I don't want people to feel like if they come across a relationship that may feel that that other person is judgment judgmental or disrespectful. I don't want them to instantly go to running away, but rather the first instinct is how can we grow together? What are things that we do that are hurtful? So if I am someone who encounters someone who falls along the LGBTQI spectrum, what are things I may do that are hurtful that I don't realize are hurtful? Well, the first understanding that I have is seeing somebody for only that identity, and that's it, and not seeing the whole person. We are multifaceted people. I mean, I am a gay Catholic man in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, doing development work. I am an Eagle Scout. I am a scuba diver. I'm a skier, singer, an actor. I have a passion for Netflix. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I have a lot of interest in a, in a huge diversity of aspects to my life that make me James who I am and that's I feel like is is the number one thing to when somebody is encountering and this goes beyond just sexual orientation or gender identity it goes beyond to race to ethnicity to religion to dietary preferences is see the individual person and see the whole person and get to know that whole person rather than putting a label onto them and walking away because both parties end up missing out. Are there any examples that come to your mind, things that someone had said to you that maybe they were trying to be supportive and helpful, but because they didn't fully understand, it was actually hurtful? 
<laughs> the first thought that, that comes to my mind is when I was coming out, I got a lot of, oh, you can take me shopping. <laughs> I guess that's not necessarily hurtful whatsoever. But again, a very large stereotype. I do like shopping. I like looking good in clothes and fashion and stuff like that. But it was such a profound stereotype. And I got it over and over again. So they thought they were being accepting, but rather it was just putting me into a box putting me into a stereotype. Going back to, I guess, the coming out question, I stopped necessarily coming out, if you will. I've done that. I did it, and I had a coming out process. But now it's more of, it, it's just a natural telling the story of my life, just the same as a straight person would, would talk about their wife or their family or their boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah, I don't feel the need to come out, but rather this is me and my boyfriend's there. He's there, and, and I introduce him as such. It's not, let me sit you down and let's have a conversation about that I'm a gay man. Let's integrate this aspect of my life just norm the same as I would integrate my experiences backpacking. Does that make sense? This idea you're talking about of having to come out is something that I've thought about since high school. The fact that there seems to be this belief that if you are gay, you must come out and sort of identify your sexuality for others to know and make that statement. Whereas if you're straight, there's not necessarily an understanding or belief that you have to have a coming out party because you're part of the majority. Do you feel that in terms of sexuality, should everyone have to come out? Should no one have to come out? What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean, I think it's important to, and it's such a, because it is a minority, because there are societies around the world where it is taboo in the lightest and in the absolute most gravest sense of that word to acknowledge and celebrate for yourself that acknowledgement, depending on who the society that you're surrounded by, that is a very necessary process to go through so that dialogue, communication, and respect and education can flourish. So yes, and I did have a coming out process, and I always will have a coming out throughout the rest of my life, but it has become such a normal within my own life that I'm able to link it to me coming out as a Eagle Scout. I'm able to link it to the seemingly mundane but I think coming out, yes, externally is a process and should be very respected depending on the society in which you're, you're surrounded by and the communities you're surrounded by. But I think coming out to yourself at need for peace within your own self internally about your own multifacetedness and, and humanity is the most important. And so, and today is International Coming Out Day. And I see it as a twofold, a, a external and an internal. And really coming out for that internal coming out is what I see as, as the most important. Coming out to achieve peace. That's a great statement to achieve peace through your coming out. It makes me think back to something you said at the beginning of the interview, when you were talking about that process for you and just going and crying. What would suggestions be that you would have for parents specifically 
or I guess anyone it could apply to, to create an environment that allows children or adults to be free to explore their sexuality, regardless of what the conclusion is they come to as to where they fall on any of these spectrums. Maybe it would even be advice you would have given to your parents and things you wish that they had done differently, so that process would have been easier for you. I think this question for me also comes from the fact that not everybody makes it through that process. You hear a lot about kids who take their own life because they were in a conservative environment, maybe similar to what you alluded to you were brought up in, but they don't find the support that they need, and so they make a different decision. To answer your last aspect at first, there are huge amount of resources. When we live in the 21st century online, just Google it. You'll be able to find communities and information and dialogue and amazing forums that really are catered to all aspects of this process and these trying to wrap one's head around this understanding. Reflecting on my own life, I think one thing that really parents should understand about an LGBT person is that is the profound trust and especially if and parents know for themselves if they've raised their kid in a conservative society the profound trust they need to have for their child that their child didn't just say this that or come out to them as a whim conversation but have really really thought and prayed if they are a spiritual person about this decision to inform their parents and have went for years with this struggle of understanding for themselves and being at peace with themselves to share this with their parents now and then the parents taking that trying as wholeheartedly as they can to find peace in that and to find respect in that individual characteristic within their son or daughter and that respect comes in many forms with that respect for their child's struggle and coming to peace for themselves comes the parents role to understand where they want to be within their child's life because if a if a child comes out so really the the ball is then in the parents court of how they're going to handle it and if a individual comes out to their parents and the parents are accepting right off the bat move forward normally if the parents are not accepting whatsoever but are with their child still and respect their child and want to be integrated in their child's life still then it's the parents job to hold that love and respect for their their child above whatever they believe about the LGBT identity, LGBTQ identity that their, their child has. If there's no possible way of reconciliation, then the parents are making the decision for themselves that they just lost a beautiful, beautiful aspect of their life. And that's the saddest thing. So I think it is a journey. It is about mutual respect. But the parent has so much power in their hands that maybe they don't even realize a lot of the times that that child came out to them seeking some sort of solace and want to move forward even deeper in respect and communication and authenticity with their parent. Two final questions that I want to ask. One is, if you had to summarize in just one sentence, what would you want to say to someone who is struggling right now with their coming out journey? 
pray. Coming out and really wholly identifying for yourself what is what is your own truth. Take yourself outside of yourself and, and pray and bring in spirituality. Spirituality can create such a physical space of peace. When I say pray, I'm, I mean meditate, create for yourself a space of peace so that you can really hear yourself and the world around you and clear your mind so that you can move forward in understanding yourself better. The final question is the same question we end each of the podcast episodes with. What would be three things that you wish we knew? Three things. Stop getting so hung up on is it a sin or not. Rather, focus on how can we be with each other together as better people journeying through life on this planet. Two, always, and goes beyond, again, goes beyond SOGI, sexual orientation, gender identity, always see the whole person and not just a facet and pigeonholing and stereotyping somebody into a box, but rather celebrate and see and celebrate the whole person. Then three, if you, if you yourself are an LGBTQ individual seemingly surrounded by a conservative and closed, very closed society, seek out who the individuals who are out there to support you. Go find the forum, go online and give the Trevor Project a call, the It Get Better campaign. Communicate with somebody because there's always out there somebody who will listen and who will be able to accompany you through this journey yeah another one is is uh the runaway runaway hotline as well they're all out there to guide somebody and be with somebody through what can be a very very trying time Thank you, James, for all of those insights and for all of those resources. We'll put those in the show notes, so if someone wants to reference them, they're there. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. It's always a pleasure, pleasure to talk to you. I hope that this has helped all of you to understand more about National Coming Out Day, about someone identifying as gay, the process that someone would have to go through when coming out, and hopefully it will help all of us to be more understanding of those that have a sexuality different from our own. As always, I want to thank you very much for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week. We will be interviewing Keith, who is a member of the Latter-day Saints Church or the Mormon Church. You may have heard it called either of those. If you have questions for Keith, we actually have not done that interview yet. So if you get those in by 5 p.m. Mountain Time, on Wednesday, October 11th. Chances are I will be able to actually ask Keith your question. So any questions you have for somebody who is a member of the Latter-day Saints Church, send them on over. How do you get those to me? You can do it through the website, wishyouknewpodcast.com. You can send me an email at wishyouknewpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on YouTube. Any of those means will get your questions to me. But be sure to get them in by 5 p.m. today, Wednesday, October 11th. Hope you all have a very good week. And until next time, remember, people are people are people. Keep listening, keep learning, keep loving.